Hey everyone, my name is Michelle and welcome to Romcom Weekly. Today my friend Vivian is back and we're talking about the movie While You Were Sleeping. Sup Viv? Hey Michelle. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to talk to you about this one. I think this one's going to be a different one for for me at least. Agree. I'm very excited. So a few things before we dive in. This movie was released in April of 1995. It's directed by John Turtletaub. It's written by Daniel G. Sullivan and Frederick Lebeau. It stars Sandra Bullock, Bill Pullman, and Peter Gallagher. The IMDb.com summary is, A hopelessly romantic Chicago Transit Authority token collector is mistaken for the fiancé of a coma patient. It has a 6.7 on IMDb, and it made around $182 million worldwide. And one other thing is that Sandy B. was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actress in 1996 for this role. All right, Viv, I'm nervous, but I'm going to ask, what would you rate this movie on a scale from 1 to 10? All right, I'm giving this movie a 5.7. Holy shit. (laughs) Okay, well then, yeah, this will definitely be an interesting conversation because I'm giving this movie a 9. (laughs) What? Wow, Michelle. Okay, let's, let's get to it. Oh my gosh, this is definitely going to be a very different conversation, but I'm... A nine? <laughs> a nine, yes. I can't believe you're giving this a 5.7. I can't believe you've given previous movies, like, <laughs> a six compared to this. Okay, anyways. <laughs> All right, so what is your relationship with this movie? So admittedly, I don't have much of a relationship with this movie. I also realized this movie came out when we were both in sixth grade, I think. So we were, I don't know what... 11 or 12. I I don't know. I'm trying to think like what other movies, what other rom-coms that I love that came around in the 90s that make me feel so strongly about this one. But yeah, so I don't have much of a relationship with While You Were Sleeping. And having watched it just a couple hours earlier this afternoon, I... (laughs) I don't know. I I don't I don't love it. I didn't feel I love Sandra Bullock. That's like without a doubt. And I still even think she did a good job and she's like likable and she's very natural in the character that she plays. But I I think I took issue with just the storyline. I thought the storyline didn't have a lot of depth. I thought it was very one dimensional. So that's Mm -hmm. my my biggest hang up, I think, is just like I didn't think the story was something that I would like find compelling or something I'd want to want to watch over and over again. That's fair. I feel like I should say that I actually chose this film for us to discuss today. Um, merely because this is actually one of my favorite Christmas movies uh, in terms of rom-coms. I think it's a solid movie. It's highly rewatchable, but I can't remember the first time I saw it, but I feel like every time it's the holidays, I always reach for this movie. Yes, it's predictable, but I feel like it has a certain special quality to it. But okay, so let's get into specifics then. For a movie you're giving a 5.7, what did you like about the movie? So I found myself smiling and like there were like some lighthearted moments in the movie that made me kind of like reminisce this certain narrative that I find in rom-coms from the 90s specifically. So I like that. Like, I like that the movie has an innocence about it that's a little nostalgic just because I don't think rom-coms are produced in the same way anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, they're a little more raunchy. They're a little bit more in your face. And so I do like the, like, innocence and naivete of of this movie. 
I also thought Sandra Bullock's romance with Jack was very natural. Like, you know, I, I think like when sometimes when I have to like really force myself to believe that there was chemistry on screen, like I didn't feel like I had to stretch my imagination. Like it felt like they both had like more of a humble um, upbringing in their childhood. Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciated that. Like their relationship just felt very natural. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. And then like the first thing you said, how it's really sweet and innocent. I think that's also why I just really like this movie. I feel like it's so warm. It's so wholesome. And it's so damn charming Mm -hmm. for me. And I think that the chemistry between Sandra Bullock and Bill Pullman, who plays Jack, it's very believable. And I feel like in a lot of other rom-coms, it's hard to kind of believe certain characters liking each other or some kind of chemical spark you know Mm -hmm. but I feel like I felt it with these people in this movie so that was one of the big reasons why I like it yeah yeah I agree with that is there anything else you like about it um not really wow okay so you really don't like this movie I'm a little offended but that's okay I'm gonna make (laughs) my case for this movie I have a quite a laundry list of things I like about it Obviously, Sandy B, I think she plays this very likable and warm character of Lucy. She's so sweet. Obviously, I got to shout out Chicago again. We did My Best Friend's Wedding, which was in Chicago. So this is Mm -hmm. another rom-com filled in Chicago. The family dynamics of this story was really enjoyable. They're all kind of zany and in each other's lives too much and just overlapping conversations. I thought it was very relatable. I thought the cast was really likable. Even Peter, who's played by Peter Gallagher, is kind of likable up to a certain extent. Like he's kind of this yuppie asshole, but he has this quote unquote second chance at life after he wakes up from this coma and tries to like be a better version of himself. And while I agree that the plot is quite unbelievable, I don't know why it just doesn't seem to bother me. Maybe it's because this kind of was a formative rom-com for me. It is something that I've rewatched a lot. So maybe Mm -hmm. I've just put some of my disbelief aside and have just accepted this movie for what it is. You know, I think maybe when we see something over and over again, we just kind of fall into the, this make-believe world very, very easily. Mm -hmm. A few other things I liked about it is that there's actual diversity in this movie Shout out to Jerry the boss and Celeste the coworker at the CTA. I That's appreciated true. that. Good point. Yeah, we don't we don't see that a lot in in nineties rom coms. I feel so. I think that was special. That's true. I mean, my best friend's wedding has like basically an all white cast and like very few. Very, I mean, very little, if not any, diverse representation. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I I think that's that's worth noting. And in terms of the character of Lucy, I like that she is kind of the same throughout. She doesn't have to go through any grand makeover. She is genuinely who she is from the beginning to the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. I always like it when there's a character who is true to who she is from the beginning to the end. Yeah. That speaks volumes to me. I thought she was very classy and how she, I like how she formed this relationship with you know, her quote unquote fiance's brother, but she still kept it really classy and like, you know, allowed him to walk her back to her apartment. But then when it was time to say goodnight, like she kind of had these like boundaries set in place, which again goes to the whole like innocence thing. And, but I, I like, mm-hmm. I appreciated that. I, I appreciated that it was like Sandy B and her classy, iconic character. 
Mm-hmm. I thought I also thought she did a good job in one of her her landlord's son, I guess, right? He <laughs> like has a crush on Sandy B throughout the entire movie, tries to ask her out and like hits on her a couple times. And like she kind of handles it in a really ladylike way, which I don't know, I, it's, it's not a huge part of the movie, but I also appreciated just like that. Right. That handling of like, you know, a character that just like is always kind of in your face, but you kind of handle it with like kid gloves and like no one's feelings really gets hurt. I don't know. I appreciated that. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. So Joe Jr., he's obviously in the movie for comedic relief. I kind of teetered between that this guy is ridiculous and borderline problematic, but it never goes too far. Lucy's able to kind of navigate that relationship with Joe Jr. in a very, as you say, classy way. She never Uh kind of diminishes him or is condescending to him. She kind of is just very straightforward. It's like, no, I don't want to go out with you. But he's a very sweet but misguided guy. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to me that you said that it didn't really have a lot of depth. And I think to a certain point, this movie doesn't. But I actually wrote down in my notes that I like this movie because I feel like it has some depth for a movie that is very kind of wholesome. I feel like the main characters do have kind of some backstory. So obviously we know Lucy, she's lonely. She doesn't really have any family in her life. So she feels kind of overlooked in many ways, especially at her job. Her only friends in this movie are Celeste and her boss, Jerry. I think we're we're meant to empathize with her immediately off the bat. So she just feels this loneliness and this sadness. So we, I feel, connect with her immediately. And then Jack, I think his storyline of being unhappy working for the family business, but then he works up the courage to tell his dad that he isn't happy and wants to do his own thing. I thought that was kind of a nice character plot for, for Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... That's a interesting observation. I think like, I, I don't know, like in, in light of what 2020 has been, you kind of feel for Lucy's character a little bit more like being single. I mean, I'm sorry, being single, but also like not having family during the holidays has got to be really, really tough. Yeah. You you kind of do empathize with her, but then you also kind of see how she, her first dinner with the family, you're kind of like, oh my God, she decided to go. Like what reason it, does she have to be there when mm. Peter's in the hospital? But then, like, over time, you're like, oh, she just wants to, like, she craves family because she doesn't have one of her own. Mm-hmm. So to your point, I, I do think, like, that's a reminder, right, of, like, the holidays and, like, theme of, like, family and being being with your family members, whether they're bearable or unbearable during this time of the year is, is something that I think a lot of people can relate to. And um, I, I did appreciate, like, how they interwove her story mm-hmm. and how it was more than just like finding a, a romantic partner, but it was about like, you know, just having and belonging to a family I thought was kind of a nice way to like remind people of like that theme in a rom-com. Right. Yeah. That's a really good point. I feel like most rom-coms, obviously the, the A plot is finding the romantic partner, mm-hmm. but I think that in this movie, yes, Lucy finds her partner in Jack, but also Family is just as important. Finding love in family and being accepted by family is, I think, equally as important as the romantic part. Yeah. And maybe I think that's why I like it, too. It's just, again, I think wholesome is the best way I can describe it. 
It is so wholesome. Yeah, I remember I remember watching it halfway through and Val made a comment like, oh my god, this is so innocent. <laughs> <laughs> but what's what's funny is that like Peter's family, like his, you know, his parents and then the grandma and the sister, they all just like so willingly take Lucy in without any questions asked. Mm. And I think that's where I'm kind of like, eh, is that really like realistic? Like there is not a moment where someone's like, wait a second. Some, I mean, other than Jack, who's kind of like, wait, you're who? You're, you can't be his fiance. Like I've never heard about you. But there's no one really mm-hmm. like, takes a second to like pause and be like, this Lucy character seems like really out of the blue. Yeah, that is a really good point. Let me think about that for a second, because I think that's why a lot of people maybe kind of brush this movie under the rug is just because it's so unbelievable. But I think the fact that Lucy saved Peter's life is all the family needs to accept Lucy as one of their own. Yeah, that's true. I forgot she saved his life. Minor details. Minor detail. Yeah. Well, also, Peter falls off on the train tracks, like within 10 minutes of this movie. So like, Mm -hmm. you kind of are 10 minutes in and then the plot kind of unveils very, very quickly. And you kind of Mm -hmm. are fallen into this misunderstanding very, very quickly. Okay, so let's talk about what you didn't like about the movie. I'm bracing myself for you to have a very long list. I can take it. (laughs) Okay, so the storyline is really silly. I mean, I, I, I mean, I say this and I still like other rom-coms that are like, like, I don't know if you can call Enchanted a rom-com, but that's like ridiculous. It's like a fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah. Like a fairy tale, which is like, like how can you compare this with a cartoon? But anyways, the storyline mm-hmm. just feels like, I don't know, just like really silly. Yeah. Okay. You can save someone from getting run over from a train. That's one thing. But like, to get away with becoming someone's fiance and like to not really say anything when you know it's wrong and it spirals so quickly. And I keep going back to this idea of like, what makes a good rom-com a good rom-com? Like, does it have to be realistic? Mm. I don't think so. Like not necessarily because so many rom-coms have the same trope, right? They have the same narrative. Right. But I don't, I don't know. I think I have, a holiday rom-com that I hold very near and dear to my heart and maybe that's why like it's already on this pedestal and when I watched this movie I was like hmm you know it was okay like it was like mediocre but yeah I don't know talking about it a little more with you about the family values and like you know empathizing with Sandra's character makes me appreciate it a little bit more but yeah I I just thought the storyline was just not as strong of like a hook to keep me coming back That's fair. And I mean, yeah, this is just a movie that fell flat for you. And that's totally fine. I guess one of the big differences between you and me and our relationship with this movie is that you haven't seen this movie a whole lot. And for me, this is like something that's on repeat, even not during the holidays. This movie is actually streaming on Disney Plus right now. So it's incredibly accessible for those who have Disney Plus. And I found myself when I got Disney Plus like a year ago, I was like, so excited that this movie was on the streaming (laughs) service because... I don't have the DVD for this movie and I don't feel like it's played on TV that often. Mm -hmm. So I was very excited. But yeah, you know, what makes a rom-com a good rom-com is very tough. And I think that everyone would have different answers. And I think each movie brings out different answers as well. And I agree with you. Like the plot is like a WTF inherently. Like Uh (laughs) the man falling into a coma, her getting swept up into this 
you know, white lie that becomes a lie that she doesn't want to confess to anymore. And then she falls in love with the brother. Like, yeah, it's it's absurd and ridiculous. But I don't know. It doesn't bother me. I think you you brought up something earlier that made me think about, like, sometimes rom-coms enter your, you know, your life and they become very formative in how you perceive, like, family and relationships during the holidays. And I think that actually plays a really, really critical part of, like, you know, how you define relationships or even, like, how you, mm-hmm. your relationship to the movie. And I think that, like, speaks volumes. Yeah, this was a really integral movie for you growing up. It just... yeah. You know, I can name like a handful, a handful of other movies that meant that much to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I just wasn't like exposed to this movie probably at the same time. Yeah. So for me, the other reasons why I didn't like about this movie is that there's just not really any big romantic takeaways. It's not heavy in terms of themes. I think we kind of already talked about it, which we'll dive into a little bit more about family. But in addition to agreeing with you about the plot, I also just think that the timeline moves incredibly fast. If we can kind of lay out the the time frame of this movie is that Peter falls into a coma on Christmas Day and then he wakes up on New Year's Eve and then Lucy and Jack are engaged, I assume, very quickly after the New Year. So they're just engaged within like two weeks. Uh, If you kind of like sit with this movie afterwards, it's just like, wait, Why did everything need to happen so fast? But again, we're in this rom-com world where things are just very unbelievable. But uh, yeah, it's a movie that I reach for for the holidays, I think because it gives me those cozy family vibes. But let's talk more about the theme or themes. Did you take away anything in particular? Yeah, I think, you know, something I really like about the holidays is like family gatherings, whether you like it or not are always there to remind you and and like call you out for shit. And like, it's, you know, it's relentless, but I like, I kind of love that like intersection of the two, like the holidays plus family. Mm -hmm. And you see that like play out pretty, pretty nicely. I think in this movie, right? Like, I think you get the sense that Peter is this like successful, well-accomplished attorney who is the handsome, charming brother while his, other brother is this kind of like forgotten child who like helps out with the family business and drives around this like old delivery truck. And like Peter is actually largely absent at the dinner table and at, you know, like at home. Mm -hmm. And so I I do like that theme of just like family and the holidays and like all the awkward relationships of like talking about bringing the fiance home and like meeting your significant other for the first time. So I like, I like that theme. Yeah. I also thought, Like, Lucy brings up something in the very beginning. She talks about, like, her dad, you know, telling her pretty early in life that life doesn't always go the way you plan. Mm -hmm. And she kind of, like, carries this idea, you know, with her throughout the movie. But I don't know. I I thought that was also another, like, a little kind of, like, life lesson that's, like, sprinkled as a theme. Just one of the last things I observed as a theme is just, like, it's always you know, it's always best to be true to yourself, right? Like you can fall in love with someone that you see every day, get on the morning train and have this like fantasy play out about like, oh, you know, this guy would be like, this guy and I would make like beautiful babies together and we would have like (laughs) such a beautiful life together. But like, are you really going to be happy with this person, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I was watching, I was watching another rom-com, a Netflix rom-com last night with my sister and it had similar kind of like, you're sort of like not setting yourself up for success if you're gonna chase this like 
ideal that may blow up in your face. So I like, I also like Mm -hmm. that as a theme, like just being true to yourself is always the best way. Wow. Yeah. I didn't catch that or, you know, I didn't pick that up from this movie, but I think you're incredibly right because Lucy, like I mentioned earlier also, like Lucy is just herself through the entire movie. And I think, yes, she fantasizes about a potential future with Peter, the Como brother, but you know, when he wakes up and they, they start talking, she realizes, oh, like, this isn't actually the guy that I, I want to spend the rest of my life with, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. life doesn't always happen the way you plan. 100% agree. And yeah, I think these rom-coms, I think at the end of the day, they do teach us that we should be true to ourselves, which is always a great lesson in life. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we saw it 13 Going on 30, I think, was the first rom-com I did with you. It's definitely played out in a couple of rom-coms we did together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the themes that I, or concepts I took away from this movie was that, I mean, and I've already mentioned it, but is this idea of loneliness and the power of family, and especially during the holidays. And like you mentioned, this has been a really weird year. Family is something that I think maybe many of us have realized we take it for granted. And it's always, especially during the holidays, like, it kind of becomes maybe an obligation to go home and see parents. But at the end of the day, they kind of are the only ones who have your back. And one of the things I get from this movie is that everyone has feelings of loneliness. I think even if you are surrounded by family, you still can feel lonely. And it's sometimes Mm -hmm. a good reminder to ourselves to understand that everyone's kind of going through the same shit. We all have Mm -hmm. struggles to all kind of figure out. Yeah. I mean, again, it's not necessarily a romantic concept or theme that I took away from this movie, but I think it spoke to me. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. Man, I'm still I'm I think I'm hurting 5.7, huh, Viv? Are you gonna amend this at the end or are you are you gonna stick I, I to might, your 5.7? I might amend it a little at the end just because I, I I think about what you said about Lucy and like her character as someone that doesn't have any family. Like you do feel for her character. So I might amend my rating at the end of this. Yeah. The thing about Lucy's loneliness is that I think it's like a deep, deep loneliness. Like that scene that you mentioned where she goes to the family's house for the belated Christmas dinner and she's like, she gets out of the cab and she's like, what am I doing? Like, I think she checks in with herself. She's like, this is ridiculous. I don't belong here. Yeah. But all that awaits her at home is like a frozen TV dinner. And Mm -hmm. I I just think that she just can't do that anymore. So she's willing to kind of put herself through this lie just so she's not alone. And mm-hmm. I think maybe she feels valued because she did save Peter's life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I feel for her. I just, I feel for her. I just want to like give Lucy a hug. Yeah. You, and like when she has that conversation with her boss too, about like she's worked every single holiday, but she doesn't want to go to work on Christmas. Like, I mean, thankfully mm-hmm. I've never had a job where I've had to work on holidays, but you kind of, feel what she's going through and you're like oh my god like of course she can't work on Christmas like it's a holiday like what yeah. you know who's traveling who's going who's using the train on Christmas day but I don't know you also feel for her like you like kind of want to like defend her and like protect her and exactly exactly you do feel like an ownership of like making sure yeah like she's happy and she has people to be around for the holidays because she doesn't have anyone yeah, no, that's a really, really good way of putting it. And I was reading somewhere that if this were to be made today, you know, Lucy would be an essential worker because she's working on holidays and through the pandemic, presumably she'd be working through the pandemic. So mm-hmm. yeah, we take things for granted for sure. Um, but let's move on to favorite scene or scenes. I'll let you kick us off. Okay. 
So there's there's a family dinner scene where Lucy kind of kicks it off by talking about something, but the conversation quickly changes into like actors being tall. Yes. <laughs> and it's kind of a WTF moment, but like you start you start laughing because you're like, wait, what is happening? Yeah. I, I like I know Peter's name gets brought up a couple times because they're like kind of comparing his height to like all these other actors. But that scene was just hilarious. I also think Grandma Elsie is like one of my favorite characters yes. in the entire movie because she's like, you just want to protect her at all costs. She's like the Betty White of this movie. <laughs> and she's like so frail and she has this like heart condition. And that's also why yes. I think is like, I can't tell them the truth. Like she's going to die. Yeah, she's going to have a heart attack and die. She's yeah. going to have a heart attack. Yeah. Like if I had to go back and watch this movie, I'd like flip to that one scene. I thought it was so funny. And I also like how the sister was like, you don't like blondes, you like brunettes. Like, she's just, like, calling out her brother in front of the entire dinner table, and Sandra Bullock kind of, like, looks over at him. Right. I thought that scene was really funny. Yeah, yeah. There's, like, tension there. You start to feel the tension. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really funny scene. I actually watched that scene, and then I paused it, and then I had Frank come over to the room. I was like, watch this scene with me. And it was kind of reminiscent of conversations with... Frank's extended family. Oh, funny. I think the movie depicts it in a very funny way, but <laughs> Frank's extended family, it's uh they just have overlapping conversations, but I feel like three people are asking me a question and I don't know where to go because there's three different conversations. So it's very hard to navigate those kinds of situations. But I think this movie kind of painted that situation in a very funny, lighthearted way, which I kind of identified with. Mm-hmm. So I have two favorite scenes, and both of these scenes are very emotional scenes for me, and I found myself crying at both scenes yesterday. I don't know, man. I just cry very easily. So scene one is when Lucy's at the family home for the Christmas dinner. They're sitting at the tree, and they're opening gifts, and you you see for a moment that Lucy feels left out. She's like, oh, I, you know, no one, why would they give me a gift? I just met these people. Mm-hmm. And then the sister, Mary, hands her a gift from Santa, And Lucy just feels so, like, loved in that moment. And Mm -hmm. she just takes it all in. She looks around the room and everyone's just so happy, opening their presents, drinking eggnog by the fire with stockings on the mantle. (laughs) You see her kind of have this moment. She's like, wow, this is what, like, family is. I don't know. I think the music in the background kind of (laughs) puts me in an emotional state where I always cry in this scene. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's bizarre. And then the second one is at the wedding when Lucy is about to marry Peter, but then she confesses everything and she tells the family that she lied and she actually just fell in love with the family. Um, The scene, I just feel like Lucy is just so vulnerable and she starts crying and then I start to cry and then we see Grandma Elsie crying. So it's just a chain reaction. Oh my gosh. I know. It's ridiculous, but I just, yeah, I think you said it right. I, I just feel protective of Lucy, I think. Yeah, she's also, like, just such a kind person. She doesn't have a mean bone in her body. She's not, like, manipulative or, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, you kind of do feel like she doesn't have a whole lot in life. You know, like, she dropped out of college to basically help support her dad, who yeah. was, like, had these, like, expensive hospital bills. And I don't know, you always kind of, like, root for those people, right? Like, you hope they end up okay. Yeah. I'm realizing that my favorite scenes are about the family and not even moments between Lucy and Jack. So, Mm. yeah, maybe Mm -hmm. this movie is more like a family movie for me. Hmm. 
Yeah, that's actually a really good observation because the romance between her and Jack is nice. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm I'm happy that the the ending plays out with the two of them together. But like, for the most part, it's like the interactions with the family that kind of like make the movie, I think, what it is. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think like we as an audience, it's predictable, you know, like we know that Lucy will most likely end up with Jack. So totally. yeah. we're kind of expecting that to happen. But then all the family stuff is just a nice extra nice to have. Okay, so let's move on to WTF moments. As you know, I usually have a very long list, but I guess my deep love for this movie has helped me turn a blind eye to some moments. So I only have a few. I'll start with one and then I'll let you go. So it's the scene where Lucy and Jack are walking back to Lucy's apartment. They stumble upon a patch of ice in front of Lucy's apartment. And it's a really, really cute scene where they're like slipping. And I, I laugh every time because it's kind of slapsticky. They fall but realistic me now as an adult, I'm like, oh no, like the super has to handle that ice. Otherwise, like the tenants will sue them if it's that bad. It's an insurance problem waiting to happen. So that's Michelle as an adult thinking about that moment now. Your your WTF moments are always so literal. <laughs> I appreciate that. I don't know when this started happening. I always like I I know when we when we get to this question. I'm always like, oh, yeah, Michelle just pointed out like 20 different things that I didn't even bother questioning. But they're always so literal. Oh, my God. I love that about you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're going to laugh when I tell you mine because it's like basically the premise of the movie. So my first WTF moment is like, you know, like Peter eventually wakes up and he's like reciting the alphabet, reciting his social security number back to his mom. <laughs> but like never once is he like Lucy. Do I know Lucy? Mm. He's told he has something. Is it? Amnesia. Amnesia. That's it. Yeah. But like never once is he like, well, I remember these other parts of my life that happened like more recently, but I don't know. I'm just like, really, man? Like you're not, you're not going to (laughs) question that you're engaged to this girl. Peter just like, he's like, yeah, this is my one shot at like reinventing myself. I'm not going to question it. I mean, she's also like. She's also really pretty, right? Like, maybe he's like, oh, like, I ended up with, like, a really attractive girl who's really sweet and is not a bitch like Ashley. Like, I'm like, wow, like, he's really not going to question any further than what we've seen him, like, he kind of, (laughs) like, scratches his head for a little bit, but he's not like, what, where did we meet? Like, where did, where did I propose to you? He doesn't, like, dig a little deeper into these questions, which I'm like, wow. Okay. That's a really good one. I'm embarrassed that I didn't pick that one up because that's very, very good. It's just so convenient that Peter remembers everything about his life, even like his high school locker room combination. Like, yes. that's, I don't remember any of that. Oh, my God. But it's convenient that he's forgotten everything about Lucy. You're right. The family would have poked and prodded a little bit more, I'm sure. Yeah. And maybe the family's like, we don't care. You saved our son's life. Yeah. So one WTF moment I have is like, why do Lucy and Peter rush to get married at the hospital? I don't know what the rush is. You know, like Peter doesn't seem like the kind of guy, like he seems like a flashy guy. And I feel like he wouldn't want to get married in the hospital while he's still wearing like his hospital garb. Like I don't even think he's wearing his own suit. Wait, that scene was at the hospital? Yeah, it's like at the chapel of the hospital. Are you sure? I didn't even put two and two together that it was at the hospital. Yeah, like Peter's still hooked up to his IV. 
And Lucy runs into the building and you see that she's running into the hospital to get married. Oh, I do remember the room that they got married in looked like a chapel. But now that I think about it, I think you're right. Yeah, Peter is like, I mean, his apartment has pictures of himself, like, and they're not even (laughs) selfies. They're like professional (laughs) pictures of himself. So he doesn't strike me as someone that would be okay getting married at the hospital. Exactly my point. So that's a good call out. Yeah. Wait, just because you brought this up, this is actually literally my next WTF, is that Peter keeps pictures of himself in his <gasps> wallet and his apartment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so when we when that scene, like, flashes through Lucy looking at his wallet, mm-hmm. I we watched it with my sister, and I was like, oh, my God, do you remember when people used to carry, like, wallet photos around? Like, my yeah, dad would yeah. carry, like, picture day photos of me and my brother and my sister, and Val was like, yeah, but those are pictures of him. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that is very weird. Yeah, there are pictures of him. I think Peter was, like, really into himself. You know, like, I think yeah, he was, like, and obsessed with himself a little it's bit. funny to me because I didn't really catch it until my rewatch yesterday. And I was just like, this grown man has pictures of himself all around his apartment and in his wallet. Yeah, that just speaks volumes as to who the person Peter is. Totally. I agree. Um, do you have any more? So I have one more you know, since we've been talking about the wedding scene at the end, but like mm-hmm. when Ashley comes in, like she comes barging in. Mm-hmm. So Ashley is Peter's like quote unquote last girlfriend who he apparently proposed to, but she like comes barging in and she's like, I'm the fiance. Like I'm the one that should be in his life. And then her husband shows up. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, he was never introduced in the entire movie, but now he like, well, he shows up and then like, I, I think someone is like, who who is this guy? And he's like, I'm I'm her husband. Yeah, yeah. I, it's just, it's very messy and very WTF. Yeah, that's a really good point, too. I think, again, it's just a testament as to kind of what a douche like, Peter is. Like, he proposed right. to a married woman. Totally, and, like, even his yeah. mom is in disbelief. She's, like, so embarrassed. She's like, ah, oh, my son is an idiot. That was a strange moment. That did not need to happen. Like, I can understand Ashley barging in, but, like, why did she have to be married to another guy? That was weird. Yeah. It was, like, an extra detail that was not necessary. My final WTF is a little bit, I don't know. It's the moment where we come to realize that Peter has one testicle after this (laughs) pencil incident with his lawyer colleague, I guess. So Lucy confesses that she knows Peter by retelling the fact that Peter only has one testicle and the family looks at each other and then the mom's like, fine, I'll look. But I just thought that was a little bit strange that mom felt up her son to check if he had one testicle. A thousand percent. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's a little weird. Like, I guess the mom weird. has seen it before, but you know, to do it when he's an adult, uh, probably not necessary. Like, get a doctor to do it. You know, like you're in the hospital, yeah. there are literally doctors and nurses everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, that was a little bizarre for me. Yeah, it was a little weird. For sure. So we've talked a little bit about the ending. Um, I do have some thoughts, but what do you think? So I think, I mean, it's no surprise that I think the ending is ridiculous. But I, I am truly happy to see Lucy is with someone that she's had chemistry with all along. I don't know, like, maybe this is just the maternal instinct in me. But like, when I found out that she had to drop out of college, you like sort of want her to like get her life back on track. Mm. So I was like, Oh, good. Like she gets 
to get married, you know, to Jack, who just seems very supportive and kind and like, you know, it, you get the sense that the family is not hurting for money. They live in this like nice house mm-hmm. in Chicago. And so I'm happy that she is, you know, like not alone anymore. And hopefully she can spend the rest of her life with this guy that adores her. And yeah, that like she doesn't have to like have a shitty job anymore, too. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. You, I forgot to add this to my WTF, but we come to learn that Lucy is just quitting her job at the CTA. She's like, oh, today's my last day. Like, what? That was just such a random leap. So I do wonder what Lucy has planned after she leaves the CTA. Like, and she Mm -hmm. was quitting her job before Jack proposed. So yeah, the ending, of course, I'm happy that they're together it's tied up super nicely. They get married. They get to go to Florence, which is the one place in the world that Lucy has always wanted to go to. But on the other hand, I think I would have been actually more happy if they didn't get married. I think that I just wanted them to get together. Like the fact that they got married was a little like, again, unbelievable. Like it didn't need to go all the way so fast. Especially the the timing of it. Yeah. Like did they really have to get married just having known each other for just a couple weeks if we're doing our, mm-hmm. our math right with the timing right right i agree i mean yeah it's nice but yeah what 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 next what does lucy do mm-hmm. how does jack's business thrive and flourish yeah that was actually a part of the ending that i i did like like i think it could have gone the opposite direction where the dad was like you want to launch your own business and we've had this business for how long and like if they mm-hmm. were to sever ties, I don't like that. I don't think that would have like completely surprised me. Mm. You know, like it's a very innocent holiday movie, and the dad's like, "How long have you felt this way?" Like he almost feels guilty for forcing his son to be part of the family business. Yeah, I don't know. I just like that the dad like wasn't totally enraged, and he's actually really supportive of Jack wanting to start and starting his his um furniture building business. Yeah. I feel like I need to shout out the dad whose character name is Ox, who's played by Peter Boyle. So Peter Boyle, he was the dad and everybody loves Raymond. And he Mm -hmm. was in this movie, Young Frankenstein. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a Mel Brooks film from a very long time ago, but I love that movie. But yeah, he was really funny. He had some very great moments in this movie also. Shout out dad. So do you have a favorite character? Uh, I do actually. I thought Saul was quite lovable. There's a scene in the beginning-ish part of the movie where he's like hanging out outside of like in the like hospital hallway. But Lucy is like in the room talking to Peter who's still in his coma. And she's like confessing that like, oh my god, like your whole family thinks that we're engaged and you kind of don't know whether Saul hears the entire story or not. But, like, shortly after, there's a scene where Lucy and Saul are about to go into the house for, like, their first family dinner. And he gives her, like, a quick history of, like, how he got accepted into this family as Peter's godfather and how, like, he would never let any harm come to this family's way. And so you kind of piece together the dots that, like, he knows Lucy's deep, dark secret. and But he doesn't do anything to, like, discourage Lucy from like what she decides to do, which I, you know, like you kind of love Saul for that. I think he's this character that knows what's happening, but he's not discouraging her or encouraging her to do, you know, he's kind of basically saying like, 
I know that you probably need this family and this family needs you just as much. So I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. like going to step in the way. I don't know. I just, I love Saul. I think he's like a pretty important part of the storyline. That's a good point. You know, I didn't really think of Saul. He's incredibly loyal to the family and he's obviously a very, very good friend. Yeah. Yeah. Saul's definitely an important character. Yeah, for sure. I think Elsie, the grandma, is my favorite character. Just because she's so adorable, as you mentioned, like you just want to protect her. She's kind of silly. She just kind of inserts herself into conversations and (laughs) is just in a world in her own right. So Mm -hmm. much love to Grandma Elsie. Yeah, she's adorable. I love Elsie. Do we think that Lucy and Jack make it? Mm, That's a good question. I think that they do. I think that they're both inherently good people. Mm. You know, they're not flashy types. It just seems like their like ideals kind of like aligned. And so I think for that reason, mm-hmm. they yeah, I would expect them to be together maybe with like kids and like settle down into the burbs of Chicago. I, I do think they're together. Sorry, I'm like getting ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I think they do stay together. I think they have very similar temperaments, which I think makes us believe that they like each other like genuinely and inherently and that they actually do have a potential for a future together. So I'm rooting for them. Yeah. Same here. I believe I agree. Even though they just met like two weeks ago, I guess they have the rest of their (laughs) lives to get to know each other, but you know, that's neither here nor there. So there's that. Yeah. So question for you in the movie, Lucy says that Florence is the one place in the world that she dreams of going to. Do you have a place, one place that you've dreamed of visiting? Hmm, let's see. You know, I have always wanted to go to Egypt. Ooh. Yeah, I've always wanted to see the pyramids and make like a trip out of it and see like Turkey and like the amazing architecture there. But anyways, my my answer to your question would probably be Egypt. Interesting. I didn't know that about you. I don't know. I, I feel like Florence is like Rome, Florence, Venice. Mm-hmm. Like, these are places that people universally always want to go to. But I don't know. Maybe it's because, like, do you remember our our eighth grade uh, history teacher, Dr. Horn? Yes, I do remember her. She, I thought she was <laughs> such a great teacher. And so I think that's why I want to go to Egypt so bad. Really? Yeah, I thought I thought she did such an incredible job teaching, like, history. I actually have, like, pretty vivid memories. But anyways, we're getting off tangent. I, I would go. I would want to go to Egypt. wow wow that's really throwing me back all the way to eighth grade I don't remember Dr. (laughs) Horn like in her teachings I'll be honest with you but I like that that's a really uh formative reason for you to want to go to Egypt yeah what about what would that place be for you if you could pick any place that you haven't been to before so I I put a little bit of thought into this but I've never been to Japan and it's always a place that I've wanted to go to and mm. I've like campaigned for it from my family to go and I've campaigned for me and Frank to go but I just never seem to win. Wait, you've never you've never ever been to Japan? Never. That surprises me, Michelle. You're pretty your family is pretty well traveled, I feel. I feel like they are, but Parts of Asia have just eluded me. Like, my parents have gone multiple times, but they've never taken me with them when I was younger. to Japan? To Japan, yeah. And I have family. Like, my grandmother speaks fluent Japanese, and yet I've never been there. Maybe one day. 
Maybe 2021 will be the year of Japan. Maybe, yeah, maybe after COVID, maybe that's like you make that your one destination and get everyone on board. Yeah, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to manifest it. Um, So let's talk music. Did you notice anything in particular? Did the music speak to you in this movie? Not really. I was actually hoping that the music, I mean, because I I love Christmas music, right? Like I love Christmas soundtracks and like pulling inspiration from movies and adding it to like my Spotify Christmas playlist. I didn't think like, unlike some of my go-to rom-coms, I didn't think there were any songs that really jumped out at me that like really made the movie into something special. So Mm. sorry if that's a really (laughs) deflating answer right here, but (laughs) such a rude take no I'm joking (laughs) I agree with you actually there's not a lot that I noticed Mm -hmm. the first song did speak out to me it's Natalie Cole this will be and then it kind of plays some Christmas music throughout but again like nothing nothing that stayed with me after the movie yeah okay I I do remember Natalie Cole's song in the beginning Mm -hmm. but yeah I I kind of agree like there's nothing that really stuck out I need to listen to this playlist that you have. Oh my God. I will gladly share my, it is very like hand selected. So it it has like your classics from like Sinatra and like Bing Crosby, but it also has a little bit of Bieber and Ariana Grande, but I will happily share this playlist with you after our podcast. I just got an idea and I'm going to thank you. You are, I'm crediting you for being my inspiration. Maybe I need to create a rom-com weekly Spotify playlist. Oh my God, you totally do. I have like, (laughs) so I have a movies playlist on Spotify and not surprisingly, they're all rom-com movies playlists. Yeah. Like, I mean, 13 Going on 30 and My Best Friend's Wedding are two of the movies we have done. Those movies are like still to this day. Like if I hear it on the radio, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a song from My Best Friend's Wedding. Like, Mm mm-hmm. I don't know. It's such a like strong category in my mind. Like, yeah. And I'm embarrassed that I haven't had this idea until just this very moment, but (laughs) okay. I know what I'm going to be doing for the rest of the evening. I'm going to curate my own Spotify playlist under the rom-com weekly headline. So I love it. All right. I will look to you to, to contribute to it. I love that it was birthed from this podcast. Love it. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) So we've talked a little bit about this. I clearly love this movie as I gave it a nine. And you are very so-so on this movie, giving it a 5.7. So the question is, you know, why do you think this movie is beloved? Or I guess, do you think this movie is beloved? So I guess our scores are quite indicative of this question. You know, obviously, I personally love it. I do think it flies under the radar. And it always evades me as to why Sandy B headlines this movie. I think this is kind of her big big break when she came out so speed came out in 1994 which is you know an action movie and then this movie came out in 95 so and it did really well like at the box office but i just don't think anybody really loves this movie at least no one in my immediate circle i remember talking to a girlfriend of mine like a year ago or two and she's like what's a you know she was looking for a recommendation for a holiday rom-com and i was like while you were sleeping is a must watch and she was like, oh, I've never seen it before. And then when she saw it, I was like, what did you think of it? She was like, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> and you clearly also think this movie is fine. So I'm not alone. I'm not crazy. No, you're not alone and you're definitely not crazy. But I just don't really know why it's not beloved. 
And I, I, yeah, we talked about like the plot being, you know, unbelievable, but there's so many other rom-coms out there that are also unbelievable and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I just think that this movie gets singled out and swept under the rug because of that. And I don't know why. What do you think? Okay, so I, I actually think the beloved, most popular holiday rom-coms are actually ones that I don't agree with. Hmm. And I feel like the topic of holiday rom-coms is like already pretty subjective. But like, okay, for instance, Mm -hmm. The Holiday and Love Actually are like, in my mind, like single-handedly, like probably one of the the most popular and like well-liked like people's go-tos for holiday Mm rom-coms. I personally don't like reach for those movies ever. Like if it's on, fine. I'll have it on while I'm like cooking dinner or whatever. But I don't know. It's it, it's interesting how every person relates to their favorite holiday rom-com a little bit differently. Like, I mean, my favorite holiday rom-com is Family Stone. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, if, if you've seen that, I'm sure you've seen that movie. But like, my, I don't have a complicated like family with like, you know, bringing significant others home. Like, so I, I can't explain why I relate to that movie or why I love that movie so much. Mm-hmm. But... To answer your question, I guess going back to this, like, you don't know why it's such a, like, underappreciated movie, I guess just speaks to, like, I don't know, maybe when you were watching this movie growing up, like, you already had notions of, like, what family ideals should be like during the holidays, and so it kind of, like, carried over Mm. through the years. I don't know, I'm just, like, hypothesizing, but... Yeah, it is interesting to me because, yeah, I agree with you. Like, the holiday love actually are, like, probably the most iconic holiday movies, in terms of rom-coms mm-hmm. at least. But when it comes to holiday movies, I think there's a big, it's a very big genre. It's its own genre of movies, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. the Home Alones of the world, there's the Elves of the world, and then there's the holiday rom-coms of the world. So it's it's kind of hard to, I guess, navigate in a way. And I think in terms of the holiday rom-com genre, this movie is, maybe there's like a small group of, of people who, who like are diehards of this movie. And I think I fall under that camp. Mm-hmm. But I think the general public just, yeah, this movie's fine. It's okay. There's not a lot of love for this movie, basically. Yeah. It, at least from my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting that your friend was also like, it's okay. <laughs> that's how I felt. I was like, no, <laughs> am I missing something? <laughs> well, also like, in terms of doing this actual podcast, no one picked this movie. And I, for the life of me, I was like, but why? This is a great movie. But clearly, you know, again, in my immediate circle, this doesn't speak to them. So I guess I'm the outlier on this one. And that is okay. Yeah, I, I actually, I think I, this is the highest rated movie you've given since, <laughs> at, like, out of the movies that we've done. And I, I'm, I'll i be honest, Michelle, I'm a little, I'm a little shocked because... Like, we, I mean, for the most part, I think we have pretty similar tastes. Yeah, we do. We do. I will say that nine is me going a little above and beyond. So when I was typing up my notes, I actually started with an 8.5. And then I was like, why am I lying to myself? Michelle, I give this movie an A. Like, this is a great movie. And when I think about why I like it, it all added up. So thus, I gave it a nine. But I agree with you that it's just kind of ridiculous. So, Mm Hmm. I can understand the the low level of love for this movie. Do you think after talking about it, does your score still stay the same? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think it does. I think it stays. Okay. 
I just really, really love Sandra Bullock in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of a single movie that I don't, like, particularly like Sandy B. She's just likable and, like, natural in whatever role she's trying to play for rom-coms. Yeah, I agree. So with that, I have some trivia. In terms of casting, uh, Sandra Bullock was cast because she was relatively unknown. They had auditioned other actresses, including Demi Moore, Nicole Kidman, and Julia Roberts. So these women are like, you know, A-list powerhouses. But they didn't go with Nicole Kidman because she's apparently too beautiful. Like, they couldn't de-beautify her. So one of the beauties, I think, of Sandra Bullock is that she can play, like, the every woman very well. You know, Mm -hmm. like, she can play the girl next door really well. She can play America's Sweetheart really well. You just, you fall in love with her very easily. That's so interesting. Yeah, and then I think Demi Moore was too famous for this role at the time. Like, Ghost had already come out and was out for a few years. Mm -hmm. So the fact that Sandra Bullock wasn't a big star worked in her favor for this movie. This movie opened number one at the box office in 1995. It beat Bad Boys, the movie with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Wow. The original screenplay actually had the woman in the coma and a man pretending to be the fiancé, but it was deemed too predatory, so the roles were reversed, and rightly so. That would have been super creepy. (laughs) The movie was actually originally set in New York, but moved to Chicago because it was cheaper to film in Chicago. Oh, interesting. Um, And then in terms of the role of Jack, who's played by Bill Pullman in this movie, they auditioned Matthew McConaughey, but they thought his Texan accent was too strong and like they couldn't work it in the storyline. Like, why would a Texan be in Chicago? So they just didn't have him in the movie. And then other actors considered were Dennis Quaid and Pierce Brosnan, which doesn't work for me. What? That doesn't work for me either. Yeah. Don't they? I mean, I don't know how old they are, but don't they seem a lot older than... They do. I did the math. Yeah, maybe because like we're so far removed from 1995, which, oh my gosh, is 25 freaking years ago. So... Yeah, let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about that. Oh, uh, Sandra Bullock was 31 when this movie was released. So... Oh, okay. That was a question that I had. Yeah. And I think the character of Peter is supposed to be 35. Okay. So, you know, okay. they were same age-ish. Every time I see Bill Pullman in a movie, I always, always think back to Newsies. Yes. He's a reporter. Yes, exactly. So side note, I took a look at Bill Pullman's IMDb and he had such a hot streak in the 90s. Okay, so I'm going to name off a few. 1992, he does League of Their Own and Newsies. In 1993, he does Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, wow. In 1995, he does this movie, While You Were Sleeping, and Casper. And then in 1996, he does Independence Day. I, When I think of Bill Pullman, I actually think of him as the dad in Casper. I think I saw Newsies later in life, but love, love, love Newsies. I think Bill Pullman's great in this movie. I agree. It would not have worked with Pierce Brosnan, Yeah, I think it worked out quite well. His pairing with Sandra Bullock, I think, was, like, believable. They had organic chemistry. I totally agree with you. I think Pierce Brosnan would have come off, like, just a different vibe. Like, he just has such, like, strong... So different. Yeah. 
So two final points of trivia. This movie actually wasn't supposed to be a holiday movie. The studio wanted it set during the holidays so that they thought that the movie would sell better. Because I was looking back, this movie was released in April. So it wasn't actually marketed as like a holiday movie, I guess. Oh. And then not really a point of trivia, but I noticed in, you know, researching the movie afterwards. So the doctor at the hospital, he's played by the actor Dick Cusack, who's actually the father of John Cusack. Oh, whoa. Very random. I didn't know both Joan and John had family members that also were in entertainment. Yeah, I guess so. But I think we can start to wrap it up. And this was a really interesting conversation with you. (laughs) I feel like I need to think about my love for this movie a little bit more. But do you have anything else to add? I mean, I think maybe I was a little too brutal in the beginning. I... <laughs> I just, I just think like there's so many other rom-com movies that I would rather watch especially during the holidays mm. but I think for like all the reasons that I love rom-coms like the family aspect and like the message and like the tr- staying true to who you are I think all those like themes I generally gravitate to so I don't know maybe I'll change my 5.7 but not like I don't know if I would change it like drastically but maybe i would bump it up a few points okay that's fair i accept i accept that and i appreciate that i do like i know i've mentioned the word wholesome a lot and i i still really really think that this movie works for me because it's wholesome and it's just so sweet but it's just never too sweet um and i think it could have easily gone down the road of being too sweet which i'm glad it didn't and of course sandy b she can just do no wrong yeah i totally agree she's actually one of the like actresses you kind of wonder like oh what is she up to to this day yeah she just doesn't like she's hard to like not like i mean she also doesn't really play like very diverse roles but i mean whatever i still like her huh that's a really good point yeah she never really plays unlikable people that's interesting all right well thank you so much viv i appreciate you talking about this movie (laughs) that you feel oh so so about to all tuning in, this movie is actually streaming on Disney+, Plus. so if you haven't watched it, do yourselves a favor and watch this movie. But thank you for tuning in to another episode of Romcom Weekly. You can follow us on Instagram at Romcom Weekly, and please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and let us know what you think of this movie. What would you rate this on a scale from 1 to 10? And we'll chat with you again next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you.